Voices of Simsis is the podcast of the Symbolic Systems Program at Stanford University. Each episode, you'll hear from a student, faculty, or alumnus related to symbolic systems, which is the interdisciplinary study of the relationship between minds, machines, and the world. This episode, our guest is Clay Coons, a Simsis alum and robotics engineer. He'll be interviewed by Johnny Crawford, another student, about his views of the Simpsons major and how it connects to his career and interests in exploratory robotics. I'm Jenny Z, an advising fellow of the Symbolic Systems Program, and this is Voices of Simpsons. Would you mind maybe just briefly introducing yourself, maybe just giving uh, telling where you've studied and where you've worked and uh, what okay. you're interested in. Yeah, sure. Uh, so I graduated Symbolic Systems in 1995. Um, my uh, concentration, I guess, was artificial intelligence. Um, I stayed on afterwards uh, at Stanford and did a co-term master's in computer science. There wasn't a there wasn't a master's program for Symbolic Systems at the time. Um, and then I did a little bit of work at um, Silicon Graphics, but back when that was a company, um, I think I did an internship with one of the professors at, in the Symbolic Systems program before that. Um, and then I and then I kind of I, I left after a year and went and moved to Pittsburgh and worked at a at a company that was making robots for doing. Um, museum tour guides. And so basically I got, I got, I kind of got into mobile robotics and field robotics when I was doing, when I was doing my master's program in, uh, whoops, I don't know what that was in, uh, computer science. And basically I stayed in, in robotics after that point. So I, I lived in Pittsburgh for a couple of years. I moved back to the Bay area, worked at, um, NASA Ames research center down in, on Moffett field doing planetary exploration rovers. And then I, um, went back to do a PhD um, in 2006, I started that. That was over at MIT and at the Woods Hole Oceanographic Institution. I was doing um, underwater, autonomous underwater vehicles, so underwater robots. And then I moved back here to the Bay Area again in 2013 just to work on the Google self-driving car project, which now is a different company called Waymo, and I've, I've basically been here for five years doing that. So I've been doing robotics for a long time. Okay. Um, yeah. So... How did were you interested in robotics when you first got to Stanford, or how did you? Yeah, that's funny. Like, actually, no, I wasn't. I did, I thought when I first got to Stanford, I thought robotics was like manufacturing, like like assembly line automation, mm-hmm. like factory automation, which I had no interest in whatsoever. Um, but I think what was I took a class. It might have been my senior year. It might have been after I graduated. But it was basically a mobile robotics um, programming class. We had these little robots driving around this maze, and that changed my whole attitude about it. So basically, it's like it's like making intelligent machines, right? So you have these little things driving around, and they have to be, as opposed to like regular computer programming, like all kinds of random stuff goes wrong, and you have to make these things able to adapt to the, uh, you know, the environment, which right. I thought was really cool. Like as opposed to regular traditional computer programming, which is more sort of fixed. There's not as many things that are random that can happen. Yeah. So kind of so you said intelligent machines. Yeah. So how is that how you kind of connected robotics with SimSys? How did you? Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, so yeah, so basically writing computer code to sort of reason about the world. So so I guess that kind of connects back with symbolic systems when you've got you know to think about like how to you know represent sort of a mental model of what's going on almost except there's not a mental model it's a computer model right right so th those things sort of kind of go together i guess um yeah and i think i mean i, I didn't really i didn't really think of it that much at the time but that's just sort of how it turned out <laughs> right i wasn't setting out to do robotics when i when i did symbolic systems but um i just thought it was a really cool major um but then that kind of it kind of that's where i wound up and i think it's really really actually um relevant in symbolic systems that kind of thing so how do you think that SimSys directed your like getting into grad school and entering industry oh um that i think was more because well so i, I had all this experience you know doing um you know sort of the 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 technical skills you get just from taking computer science class, like, you know, CS106, all those sorts of things that you do and you learn how to program a computer. But um, the uh, the sort of softer skills that you learn, like in the in the philosophy department and the maybe not so much psychology, but the and I thought the linguistics was really cool, too. But but the but the um, those sorts of things let you sort of you get you get more so you can sort of reason about or think about like the kinds of problems that that need to be solved in the real world. So it's not just a technical skill you're learning. You're learning more about like how to, how to think about things in sort of the broader sense. So, but really honestly, like the, um, the reason why I was able to get some of these jobs that, that, that I got over the years, at least at first was because of connections with like professors and internships and things like that. So, so the job that I um, got at Silicon Graphics was because I did an internship with a PhD student that was at in the Stanford CS department at the time and also a couple of faculty members. And so that kind of came with a summer job and then that sort of stuck, you know, and then like later on when I came back to, um, to NASA, again, it was because I, you know, I asked one of my friends who was a, who was a professor. He had finished his PhD and he was a professor at the time. I was like, Hey, do you know anyone at, at Ames I could talk to? And he kind of threw out a name and turned out to be the wrong one, but, it, but eventually, you know, the connections get made. So that's really what, what, what kind of opened the door. So um, it was just through the people I knew, really. I see. I mean, to be fair, though, I mean, this, I did have the skills. The skills definitely, you get that. <laughs> but it's a combination of both, right? right? It just opens those doors. So what you, what you, what you, what, what I guess thread connects your time at all these different places is kind of, you're essentially giving, you know, these robots the ability of perception, right? Yeah, yeah. In fact, that's, you totally nailed it. The, the, the part of robotics that I've been, focusing most on is perception. So basically um, the robot needs to be able to understand the world around it. So it's like, you know, using all these sensors to try to um, figure out like what's going on. Maybe it's to build a map. Maybe it's to, you know, in the case of self-driving cars, it's to like understand the scene around it so that it can decide rationally like what the, what the right thing is, is to do next. I mean, I have worked on the other parts of the robotics problem, like path planning and, and um, you know, reasoning about what action to take but but for the most part i've been concentrating on the on the perception part rather than the action part i see yeah so how much does like human perception kind of influence your thinking in those in those problems like ah. do you still keep up keep keep uh keep up with that field kind of not really i mean I, the thing is like so so the big thing has been like totally revolutionizing everything over the last few years uh especially in perception is this whole like use of 
really heavy leaning on machine learning, which basically means like using just tons and tons and tons of data. And the yeah. models that people use are all based now on neural networks, which is kind of funny because those were a, those were kind of a thing back in like probably like the 80s or something like that. And then they kind of fell out of favor. And then, you know, someone figured out how to throw these, throw the internet at it basically and it revolutionized it. But the, but the thing about neural nets is they're sort of based on, um, or they're supposed to be based on sort of how neurons in the brain work. I don't know if that's actually like still the case, but that's what people, sure. that's what originally like motivated that line of research. Yeah. Um, the the stuff that I do doesn't, it, it doesn't really use that stuff very much. So I don't, I don't rely so much on my like understanding, my limited understanding of how the human perceptual system works. And, and part of that's because like a lot of the, a lot of the uh, sensors I use are not things that humans have. Like when I was doing underwater robotics, I was using sonar, right? Multi-beam right. sonar. And now I'm using radar and, and like lasers and stuff. Humans don't have that sort of thing, but for like computer vision type things, I think there is a lot more sort of crosstalk between, you know, thinking about how humans perceive the world and how um, machines might. But but anymore, like it's all sort of automated because of the whole machine learning thing, the whole neural network thing. I see. Yeah. And so where where do you feel like your whole where do you feel like that feels kind of headed? I guess. Which 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 one? Self driving cars or or like human I mean, yeah, perception? I guess generally like all of these kind of intelligent vehicles yeah. robots like they seem to be moving more and more towards relying on just like this have kind of information processing yeah yeah they definitely are, are seem like they're moving more towards um these models and the thing is like i think part of it is not so much because because um you know of any basis in human perception systems or whatever i think it's more just based on the fact that they can just lean on the massive amounts of data that they have and therefore it makes it a little bit easier for the humans who are programming them because you don't have to worry as much about like thinking about all the different possible things that can go wrong or all the sort of contingencies instead you just like throw every example you can find at this thing and have it figure it out figure it all out so it just makes it an easier problem i don't yeah, know i guess i don't know if that answers your question but but the um but that's where that's what everyone's doing like and I think so everyone's that's the way your approach is kind of changing nowadays. I think the whole industry is changing that way. And it's not just self-driving cars, but like even like, you know, advertising is changing. It's using machine learning. Like these companies that do right. like, um, uh, you know, help people find houses to buy like Redfin or Zillow or, you know, one of these, these apps, they use machine learning. Like I have no idea even what they're doing, but they're all using right, it. Yeah. Like that's just the thing. Yeah. They're kind of unifying. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess uh, another question is, what kind of advice do you have for somebody who would be starting off in the SimSys major? Um, take take the classes that you find interesting. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like like don't don't. I mean I don't I don't even know like what the what the requirements are in, in this sort of thing these days. But I would say you know focus on the stuff that that you like. That's, that's what I thought was the coolest thing about symbolic systems is it let me take all these computer science classes that I liked without having to take all the ones I didn't care about. Which, right. Then I ended up doing a PhD and so I had to take them all anyways. But at the time, <laughs> you know, I was like, this is awesome. I, I can like, you know, I don't have to learn about databases. I can learn about, um, I don't know, whatever, learn about robot pathfinding or whatever it was, you know, artificial intelligence, which I thought was way cooler. Um, and I know that there's even like you know, neuroscience classes and things like that that you probably could take. Aside from that, the other bit of advice would be like, you know, I don't know how far along you are, but um, 
once you hit like your junior senior year like um that's when you want to really like try for some of these sort of faculty sponsored um internships and things like that because that's for me at least that was sort of kind of how i got it was an easy path i guess i should say to, to getting in a, to getting a job afterwards or you know ultimately to go to grad school or something like that um right. so i don't know how those things work in a program now but at the time like when i was a sim symbolic systems major there were like I don't know, 25 people in my graduating class. And it's definitely growing. Yeah, I know it's a lot bigger now. And like, you know, there was maybe eight or 10 internships and posted and I was like, Oh sure, whatever. I'll sign up for one, you know, and it kind of fell together and it, and it worked great. And, um, I ended up, I ended up not pursuing, you know, anything with the person that I had the internship with, but like one of his colleagues then like posted something and, you know, that I was like, oh, I was already connected and kind of could figure out a way to do that. So it's like the more the more sort of you do in that regard, the more um, opportunities will just open themselves up down the road. It's kind of amazing, actually, it just sort of happens. That is awesome. Yeah, it's really cool.